Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So it's, it's not a holdout, right? Because if you hold out, like if you were Devin White, you wouldn't come to the mandatory minicamp at all. But is it a hold-in? Which means you reported to mandatory minicamp, but you're not practicing. <laughs> so we asked Todd Bowles that question. He goes, no, no, it's not a hold-in. Uh, he, he said that with respect to Devin White, who, of course, has demanded a trade, at least he did back in April, did show up, was there for the mandatory minicamp because it's mandatory. He said it wasn't a hold in. He said, we'd like to see where he is physically, so we don't feel like we need to put him out here right now and ask him to do everything that two or three days in camp, you know, it's not going to help him that much. So we'll run some tests and let him run stuff inside, and he'll be ready for training camp. Okay. Now... Here's the thing. I'm quite sure, and I don't I don't I, I think I'm sure, but like we're only allowed to watch one out of every three OTAs. You know, they had ten off uh, organized team activity workouts. We got to see the first day and then there were two more days after that. So I don't know who has been here at every single practice. I know that the the Tuesdays that we've been there, we never saw Levante David. Apparently he has popped in and out, or at least that's what Todd Bowl says. But there's bound to be a player or two who didn't come to the OTAs. I'm guessing. Maybe I'm wrong. But what about their physical conditioning? It's the old I was born at night, I wasn't born at last night. This is sort of what you would call an agreement (laughs) between Devin White's and his representatives and the Buccaneers. Happy to have you. Really want you in camp. No, you don't have to do anything. Now, why would Devin White, you're a professional athlete. Okay, I'm just throwing this out here, Steve. You're a professional athlete who gets paid to stay in shape, essentially. I don't know if he has a workout bonus. He used to do those things. But I'm just saying, like, your job is your body. Your job mm-hmm. is your speed. You didn't come to any OTAs or any offseason stuff. Okay, fine. I saw Leonard Fournette show up last year. And what do we say? He was about a... I got in trouble for this, but I said he was about a a donut under 260. (laughs) He looked like a defensive lineman. And me and Leonard went back and forth, and he's fine with me. But he worked out. Now, now, visibly, like I could look at Leonard Fournette. He needed to work out. Well, but I'm saying, like, I could look at Leonard Fournette and say, you're not in shape, dude. You probably shouldn't go out there because you look like you haven't done anything. And you know what? He basically admitted he hadn't done anything. He was practicing. So you're going to tell me that Devin White, we don't know what kind of shape he's in. What? Come on, man. This is, they are still posturing. They are still in this, is he got one foot in, one foot out type of mode. I'm just not buying it. I'm skeptical by nature. And that's 
just what reporters are. But you, I'm, I'm having a tough time believing that a guy who is all of 26 years old and a professional football player isn't able to work out. Sure, he doesn't know the defense. Maybe he's not you know, up on everything. But this is what they're telling us. You buy it or are you on my camp? Well, no, or look, it's, somewhere in, between? it's in everybody's best interest for Devin not to practice. Okay, explain. Well, the Bucks have Devin White under the fifth year option for eleven point seven million. That's correct. They want him to play under the fifth year option for eleven point seven million. Also correct. He doesn't want to play for eleven point seven million. True. <laughs> it's just it's not enough money. Well, I'm laughing. I'm sorry. Well, he but wants I, okay, he wants it. his he wants a big deal now. He wants the extension now. Why risk yes. injury? Why risk that if you can get the deal now? Doesn't hurt that. And ask. that's what this is about. Yeah, this exactly. is this is what it's about. It's about injury. It's about what if I go out there and I blow out my knee, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. I have no protection beyond this one year. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm down to my last year of the contract with the Bucks. It's eleven point seven. He'd be guaranteed that money, by the way, if he did get injured. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not like the rest of his life, right? It's like He's got five years coming to him from somebody. Somebody in the league is going to sign him to a five-year deal, and it's going to be between eighty and hundred million dollars. Just this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not the Bucks, it'll be somebody else. So this is exactly what you say it is. Right. So, it's injury protection. Well, it's injury protection. But if you're the Bucks, mm-hmm. you want him to play, so mm-hmm. you want to keep him happy. Yeah. So part of happiness is. Not getting fined a hundred thousand dollars for missing mandatory minicamp. <laughs> That's right. Show up. If you show up, you're in compliance. We can't find you. Right. Yeah. And, and so that's a goodwill gesture. Come. We'll go over film. You'll go over this. We'll do some tests. Yeah. Whatever. You're with your guys. Devin's, you got the Devin's been on. in this defense for three years now under Todd Bowles. That's now, true. They're going to change some stuff, and there'll be some. But it's not going to be. It's not a. It's not like the offensive side, which is going under a drastic overhaul. That's a great point. Yeah. You know, he knows the basics of this defense. He knows that, you know, so they don't need him out there for mandatory minicamp. Would you like him out there? Absolutely sure. To, to be with mm-hmm. your teammates and everything else. But as a show of goodwill, why wouldn't you just let him show up so he doesn't get fined? Bucks don't want to right. find him. They want him to play. Yeah. You know, what he does in June, they don't care. He's yeah, been around long enough. They know him. They. It's not like this is some rookie coming in. Or some free agent that doesn't know the personnel. Well, he's an all-pro. He's a four-year inside linebacker. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, no, I mean, do I buy what Todd Bowles is selling? No. But <laughs> is it meant for him to – for everyone to believe it? Not necessarily. This is about keeping Devin White happy so that he comes in the end of July, which is what when, when you want him yeah. there. Yeah. You know, who now, cares about – you know – organized team activities in late May and early June, and then the mandatory minicamp, yeah, you want him there with his teammates, so he's here. Great. Right. Not on the field, but they're not doing a ton of stuff on the field. No, it's just like OTAs. There's no real mm-hmm. difference to the trained or untrained eye. Right. And they're in shorts and T-shirts. It's not like anybody's hitting anybody. Mm-hmm. So it really is, as they used to, you know, always like to call it the under- underwear Olympics. But um, I guess I, and everything you say is true, 100% true. It, it it suits both sides, right? It's goodwill on the Bucks' mm-hmm. behalf. It's protection from an injury on Devin's behalf. 
Here's what I, here's what I would question. Have has the can been kicked down the road even a little bit? In other words, are we are we writing about Devin White possibly holding out six weeks from now? I don't think we have the answer to that question. Hmm. Now it's possible that the Bucks and Devin White do. I, I mean, know, I don't. Todd Bowles. Do. I'll just read you a quote. I mean, mm-hmm. Todd Bowles said. I asked him. I said, "Has he moved on from his demands to be traded? What is his mindset?" He goes, "His mindset is good. I mean, it's just business. That's part of it. That takes care of itself. He'll be ready for training camp, and he'll be good to go." Pretty diplomatic. Mm-hmm. So, it sounds like, based on that, and I, I didn't talk mm-hmm. to Jason Light. Sounds like they're still open to discussing a long-term deal. Sounds like maybe those talks might be rekindled at some point. Mm -hmm. But as Stephen A. says, at the end of the day, he has no leverage. His only leverage is to withhold his services, Mm -hmm. like all players. In which case, you're going to lose money, a lot of it. Okay, And they still don't have to acquiesce and trade you. I think it's more likely that when and if he does play, he plays for the Bucks, And then we'll see where they're at in October. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't forget, they have a brutal first four games. You know, we've talked about this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of start they're going to get off to, but they go at Minnesota, tough place to win, really good quarterback, good good organization. Um, you come home against the Chicago Bears. You better win your opener. And I think Justin Fields is getting better all the time. It's an NFL team. There's no guarantee. You know, the Bears are, are, are pretty good, I would imagine. Then you stay home again on a nationally televised game against the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles. And if that's not enough, now you've got the New Orleans Saints on the road, probably the best team in the division, and you start there. Mm-hmm. And then you have a bye week. You could be 0-4, 1-3, right? So if this thing goes south in a hurry – Devin's best case scenario, if he really wants to be out of here, is to play, play well. And if the Bucks get to the trading deadline at the end of October and they go, look, we're not in it anymore, we we probably should, you know, either you're either we're not committed to signing you to a long term deal or we're not in it, so we're gonna we need a total rebuild. We're gonna start start stockpiling draft picks and things like that. Then they could say, okay, we're gonna trade you now. The way the Bears traded Roquan Smith to the Ravens. That's probably his best chance of getting out of here. Prior to that, he's got to decide when he comes to training camp, am I playing? Am I not playing? Am I in it or am I not in it? And I think it's a it's a really it's a really tough line to walk if if you really want to be not here because you're not happy with the money you're making, um, primarily, uh, and also go out there and just lay it on the line. You know, it, it's tough because you could get hurt playing for that 11-7 and you're a free agent, but if, if something happens, you know, even Roquan Smith, who got traded to the Ravens, he didn't get a new deal. He finished out the season under the, the club option. And then it wasn't until January he played really well for the Ravens. In January, the Ravens said, okay, you've earned it. We're going to give you your big your big deal now. Here's five years, $100 million. So whoever he plays for, Devin White is most likely not going to get an extension before the season or during the season. So, like I said, the leverage is what it is. 
I agree with you. I think that this is a, a kind of a compromise that you got to come to camp. We don't want to find you. Hang out with your teammates. Mm-hmm. We're not going to make you practice, and we'll we'll deal with this. But my thing is, I'll be asking the same questions of Todd Bowles, and if we ever talk to Devin White, the same questions of him when they start training camp in late July. Well, and this is purely a guess on my part. If if I'm assuming, and I, I, for this case I will assume, that Devin White still would like to be traded. Mm-hmm. That they haven't made progress towards a long-term deal. I would agree. Then my guess is is that he does not show up day one at training camp. Ooh. Okay. I don't. I that, don't think that, he's going to miss games. I think he'll look. Yeah, it, but you get fined for missing practices too. Not as much, but you get mm-hmm. you de- you definitely get fined. But you also make a statement. Yeah, yeah, you do. You say I'm. I don't want to play here. Mm-hmm. I'm serious. I don't want to yep. play here. Deal. So me. now. What happens? What's happened since he made the trade request to now, and what happens between now and and the start of training camp? Where we're about what six weeks away. Yeah, it's possible that Jason Light and and Devin's representatives are talking a deal, and we and, don't and know. I, I think that that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, um, I'm sure they w- are. I just don't know if they're anywhere close. Well, with things with with things like this, here's what I think. I think as Peter King would say. I think the Bucks want more evidence. Devin White has every reason to say to himself, I think one I'm one of the best inside linebackers in football. He made he was on all pro a couple of years ago. He's made the Pro Bowl a couple of times. He's a Super Bowl champion, right? So he has every reason to say to himself, like, I really think I'm one of the best, maybe the best inside linebacker in football. Um the Bucks also have every reason to say, yeah, but the consistency hasn't always been there. We'd love to see you do it one more year. Show us you can be consistent from week one to week 17, right, or game 17. Um, and if you can, the money's yours. We're happy to give it to you. As Larry Foote called it, champagne problems. You're only making 11-7. If you play well, you're going to be making $20 million a year. I get why the Bucks, based on last year, you know, you think about last year, there there was the Ravens game, you know, got called out, the whole Warren Sapp thing, a loaf, blah, blah, blah. Then he goes to Germany. Dad dies in prison custody, finds out on the plane, goes out and has like 20 tackles and, and you know, forced fumble, like best game you've ever seen. Um, so you know what you know what his like what his upside is. But it was still it was still a roller coaster a little bit, you know. Like he just the consistency in Devin's career hasn't hasn't really been there. And I appreciate the Bucks saying, you know what? Before we guarantee you what would probably be like sixty million of the hundred million dollars we're offering you, we need to see if you can be consistent for a season. We need to see if like you're not riding the the wave here. So I I, I completely get both sides, and I'm usually on the player sides with this always. Because I want them to get as much money as they can, um, but it, if you're right, if he if he doesn't come to training camp, um, when that is of course mandatory, and he starts piling up fines, I just don't know where this ends. I don't think you can force your way out of here. I do think just in watching him, as I did sort of closely on on Tuesday, the interaction with Levante David, I thought was big. Levante's been in this situation before. He's had mm-hmm. contract negotiations. 
he seemed happy. He seemed to be glad to be out around his teammates. I really don't think that it's it's all cracked up what, what the posturing seems to be. I think he likes being a buccaneer, and I, mm-hmm. and I, and I know that he likes Todd Bowles. Um, and, and Todd Bowles has put him in positions to be successful. So it's not as acrimonious maybe as you, you read in the media as we write about it and stuff. But it was interesting that, you know, he was here, not practicing. That seems like an agreement. And what I'm what I would say is nothing will change until we get to training camp. And then we'll find out. We'll find out what his stance is going to be. Rokon Smith, when he got in a situation, went to the Bears training camp. Same thing as he as as Devin is doing now. He showed up, he reported, and he didn't practice. And that went on for about a week or two. And then he was like, okay. We're getting ready to play the season. I got to practice. And he did. And he played up until the trade deadline, and they, they moved him to the Ravens. It could be a similar thing, you know, if they can't reach a long-term agreement, if, in fact, they're even talking about it at this point. Um, I, the players don't win in this situation. They rarely win. And even Roquan Smith had to play an entire season under the same fifth-year option and then play well until he got his contract in January. So – Regardless of whether you're traded or not, that doesn't come with an automatic $100 million deal. You've got to ball out. And the best way to ball out is to prepare for the season, is to practice. And so we'll see. But it was it was really interesting sort of watching the, the interaction. Players were glad to see him. Um, we talked to Chris Godwin. You know, all that stuff was, uh, uh, was important. You get the whole band together again and – it just feels a little different because these these OTAs have been voluntary at this point. He wasn't the only guy that we got to see work a little bit. Ryan Jensen, that we had seen last year at the uh, last week at the OTAs, he actually did some stuff. He didn't do everything. Of course, he tore the three knee ligaments um, second day of training camp a year ago. Started in the wild card loss to Dallas. Uh, he did some stuff, but not wasn't you know full go. And then and bless his heart, Shaq Barrett, who's coming off an Achilles injury, and is not cleared to practice yet. They hope he'll be ready for training camp. He also was there. Again, it's mandatory. Uh, but, of course, what it takes for him to get out of the bed in the morning after what occurred back on April 30th, uh, you know, his two-year-old daughter, uh, Araya, drowning in the in the family pool. Um, and as, as Bull says, he goes, you know, him being here is just a testament to his strength and to how mentally tough he is and, you know, uh, he's out here trying to get ready. He knows it's not easy, but he goes, you know, he's handling it, and and we're behind him. So those were interesting um, sort of guys to see and observations. As far as the practices went, I will tell you um, that it's interesting to me how they're conducting this because a lot of times when you get to the off season and even in training camp, Coaches will come out with a script, and the offense and the defense have the script. It's like we're going to go this situation on, you know, this is the down third and six, second and two, red zone, whatever it is. And here are the plays we're going to run against this defense. What the Bucks have been doing in Dave Canales, which I think is very interesting, is that this week they did a lot of install over the OTAs. This week, uh, starting on Tuesday, they basically had the offense reading and reacting to whatever Todd Bowles threw at them. In other words, if you've got a blitz, A-gap blitz, whatever, you better know where your hot is, you better check your protection and go. 
there was no uh, cheat code. There was no answers to the test. They had to think about it on the fly in real time uh, with the uh, quarterback headset and all of that. Uh, and so I thought that was a, a refreshing approach to practice because it's game-like situation. You know, that that's what it's like in football. You don't get to say, hey, on third and six, we're running, you know, this play. Um, and so, you know, and, and overall, and, and again, I'm trying to be objective about this. I really am. I thought Baker Mayfield looked much better, at least in red zone uh, situations. He threw about three touchdown passes. Trask had one or two intercepted during the day. He did throw a touchdown pass to Mike Evans. Um, it's close, but I really believe, as we said the other day, that you know, you're not going to lose the job during these three days, but you could set yourself up for some momentum going into training camp. And I thought Baker had a good day. All right, we got a, a few more observations from uh, the first mini camp, but first I want to tell you guys how to save money on your electric bill. It's May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been operating and installing these solar electric systems now for 13 years. There's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection. That's for all your appliances. That's what they call the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. They're going to customize it to your needs. Plus, they do not use subcontractors, so you know exactly who's doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill all year long, and preserve the quality of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862, or you can visit mayelectricsolar.com. I mentioned the red zone, and, you know, the Bucks really weren't that great in the red zone a year ago, as Joey Knight called it, the dead zone, if you read his story in the Tampa Bay Times and on tampabay.com. Uh, they were the eighth worst red zone offense in the league, and that's with Tom Brady, right? No, no Gronkowski, obviously, but they converted on just 26 of 50 trips inside the 20. So they got to improve on that. We saw some red zone work a little bit on Tuesday. Uh, again, I thought Mayfield played pretty well. And what Bowles said is like, look, you know, you don't want somebody thinking you're going to pass full time. And and I think that was probably the biggest reason for their step back is that they were the worst rushing team in the league. That wasn't just between the 20s. That was inside the 10 as well. You know, fewest attempts. Um, worse uh, yard yard per carry, all of that. If you don't have the threat of a run down there, it, it's very easy to play the pass all the time. And I think that's what kind of got them. And so they're trying to be a little more balanced. And, again, we saw some good throws from Baker Mayfield in the red zone. He hit a couple of three touchdowns down there. So that was good. Um, as far as the offense goes, you know, a lot of returns on what they think of Dave Canales and his system. Uh, we talked about how there's going to be a lot of movement on every play. Uh, outside zone blocking and things like that. Baker Mayfield thinks they have the potential to be explosive. And he thinks, you know, they can come at you a lot of different ways. Trask said the same thing. Um, they're able to get to different personnel groupings and um, run a lot of different stuff. But the main thing that they've emphasized, as every team does, is protecting the football. 
And, you know, if they can do that, they think that the run game is going to be much better and that that's going to help protect the quarterback. Um, and, and that's sort of what the offense is about. So I thought overall that uh, the defense probably won the day and that's not unusual. Um, they're still trying to do a lot of thinking out there as far as the offense goes, trying to come up with the answers. But, you know, Todd Bowles is going to put a lot of pressure on any quarterback uh, that he goes against even in practice. And that's good work because they're seeing a lot of a lot of things. They're having to go to the hots, the protections, all of that stuff. Um, so it is a pretty, you know, again, I think defense won. I thought Baker played better than Trask, at least down near the goal line, although Trask did some good things. And, um, you know, it's the last sort of first impression you can leave before training camp. So I think it's important for both these guys to play well. And, uh, you know, so far so good. I give the edge just a little bit to Baker on Tuesday. Uh, they also signed Rodrigo Blankenship uh, as a, uh, you know, as a, as a place kicker to compete. He, of course, won the Lugroso Award back in the day. He had a bunch of, what, 200 career attempts at Georgia. It was funny because at one point, <laughs> Baker Mayfield walked by him. And, of course, Georgia and Oklahoma, Oklahoma, I think, lost. Did they lose to Georgia? I can't remember how that went, but uh, uh, Baker went by and he goes, uh, hey, how's it going? I still hate you. <laughs> so it was funny as he got caught on camera. Uh, so that was interesting. So, yeah, um, you know, overall, good first practice. Doesn't look that much different than OTAs. You really can't find out a lot about these guys until they're in pads. Um, but it was good to see the full squad. And I think, they, you know, they got a lift by seeing guys like Devin and Shaq Barrett and Ryan Jensen did some things, and um, you know that that's sort of what the mandatory minicamp is all about. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, we'll wrap it up. We got a couple of mailbag questions or time for a few of them anyway. Let's get started. All right, Michael had tweeted us and he says, who is taking Devin White's reps at practice, and does not practicing help or hurt his leverage for a new contract? All right, primarily, I mean, you know, you did have Levante David out there, so so primarily they've got a couple inside linebackers. I would say right now, if Devin White weren't available, Servacia Dennis is going to be the other inside linebacker, and he's the guy that they drafted from Pitt. Um, not a. In no way is he the athlete that Devin White is, although very few people guys you know are. I mean, he runs probably in the four six range, and Devin is a you know sub four three four four guy for the most part, but incredibly smart. He had an interception in practice on uh, Tuesday, as a matter of fact, and and because he's a heady player and a mature player, could he do it? Could he step in there? Yeah. I mean, the KJ Brits and guys like that that have been around, they just haven't really taking the next step. I think Dennis shows natural instincts for the game. And and he has picked up the defense, I think, very quickly and can impact it both in the run game, the pass game, coverage. 
like I said, I mentioned he had an interception. So to me, if they were lining up tomorrow, I think you would see Levante David and, and Servaccia Dennis, who ultimately might be their their, their inside linebacker of the future. I mean, that's why you draft a guy like that um, and you know put him behind Kalijah Kansi. They played together um, in that order at Pitt. Uh, I think it's a good situation to have, but is he right now as good as Devin White? No, it's a step back, and he's a rookie, and and there's a big learning curve. So um, that's that's sort of who's taking his reps right now. As far as the contract goes, I don't think I I don't think it has an impact because I I again I believe it's sort of a mutual agreement. You know, if you're his representatives, you don't want him going out there and getting hurt. The Bucks don't want him to get hurt. Um, they really don't have a gauge for what kind of shape he's in. Although, I, I mean, looking at him, I think he would have been fine practicing out there. Um, so I think it's we're going to go through this now and wait and see the next six weeks. And when he gets to training camp, where he will be fine again if he holds out, um, at that point you'd expect him to come to camp in shape like they expect all their players to be. So I don't know that it can kind of use that as an excuse. Um, but right now, at least for the moment, I, I don't think it impacts it one way or the other. I think they're still talking, and if they don't get a long-term deal, then, again, I think the Bucks have most of the leverage. But uh, as far as not working in the minicamp, I, I don't think it has any impact at all. All right, a different Michael tweeted, have the Bucks educated their players about the NFL's gambling policy? I, I believe that they were going to have, if they haven't already, um, Todd Bowles told us that that question came up last week, of course, with all the news. And he said that they would address it at the mandatory mini camp as they do at the start of every season. Um, I saw where I think on, on Twitter or social media that Tom Brady has done a video for teams and you know to, to for the NFL, I should say, uh, to help educate and warn players about gambling. Uh, so that's going to be played in, I'm sure, you know, every meeting room, locker room throughout the NFL. So I don't have a specific example of that conversation occurring, but Todd did tell us a week ago when this came up that they would address it. They address it in the fall when they get together, and he said they would address it, you know, uh, before they leave camp. And and I'm guessing that that will probably happen over these three days. But do I know that for sure? I don't. Um, Listen, it's going to continue to be an issue it's so accessible with social media, um, but they, there's no excuse for it because they post these signs everywhere uh, in the locker room, in the training facility. You can't gamble, uh, and you certainly can't gamble on football, as has been some cases recently, or your own team. But, yeah, my, my, sh- my answer would be I, I'm, I'm fairly certain they will, but do I know specifically if they've done that yet or will do it over three days? No, I don't know. All right, Jordy had tweeted you, and he says, at this point, the Bucks might want to think about selling. Mike Evans' value drops every year. Quarterback room is unproven. Unhappy vets on D, a rotation of running backs, and a division that looks locked or loaded years to come in Atlanta and Carolina. Well, I mean, I think you have to, I think you have to play the season, or at least a good part of it, to know whether you're going to do that or not. And, you know, I would agree with you that what they're trying to do is extremely hard, which is thread the needle between, hey, we were a Super Bowl team. We lost a lot of our veteran players. We don't have any salary cap room, but we still have pieces, right? I mean, we still have Mike Evans. We still have Chris Godwin. Um, 
you know, we've, we've got some defensive players that we mentioned, whether it's Devin White. Um, I, I think, you know, they expect a lot out of Kalijah Kansi, and they got Vita Vea, and you got two really good corners, you know, in Carlton Davis and, um, you know, Jamel Dean, and a safety in Antoine Winfield Jr., who's a Pro Bowl player. So it, this is not a team that is, you know, where the cut, as Todd Bowles said on an interview I saw, where the cupboard is bare. It's not. There's talent on this team. And in this division, you absolutely, um, you know, can can stay in it. So if I'm Todd Bowles and I won the division with eight wins and I've had one winning season in my five years as a head coach, and yes, I know four of those were with the New York Jets, but you know what? They count. And until you get away from that and you change that narrative and you start having winning seasons, they're always going to go back to your first head coaching experience. So he needs to win. And I don't think you win by selling off your best players. Um, that's an organizational decision. But I know Jason Light and certainly Bruce Arians and others um, in the front office or whatnot want Todd to succeed. And he did win the division, albeit with eight wins. They didn't really try to win the game against Atlanta in the, in, in the final game of the regular season. Or maybe they would have had nine. Um, but you start plucking away his players, what, what chance are you giving the guy? So, no, I, I, don't, I don't think it's time. Now, as we said before, if we get to October and they're out of it or appear to be out of it, would you, could you likely see some changes? Yeah, I think you see some players move. Um, but that would be the death knell to a guy like Todd Bowles because he needs to win. He needs to show progress. He needs to have a winning record. Do they think that they're going to be as dynamic and as great and do it the same way they did with Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich? No. That's why Dave Canales is in here. Um, and so, you know, they've got to show progress throughout the season. This is a new system for a lot of these guys, for all these guys. It's about, you know, which way are you moving? Is it arrow up, arrow down? How does Baker Mayfield do? Is Kyle Trask your answer? Or are you picking in the top three or four or five where you might have to draft a quarterback? But if you're doing that, I don't feel good about Todd Bowles' future. Um, so I guess the easy answer is uh, no. They're not selling. Yes, all those things you said are true. The, the quarterback room, I don't know if it's unproven. Um, Baker Mayfield's played a lot of football. He's thrown for 16,000 yards, 102 touchdowns. The other guy's unproven. Kyle Trask is for sure. Um, but we'll have to get at least through October or to the trade deadline before we know whether these guys are – are going to start selling off assets and trying to acquire draft picks for next year. I just think it's 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 too early to say that they should just, you know, fold the tents. That that is not their intention and and they really think that in this division, the NFC South where you have a rookie quarterback in Carolina, an unproven quarterback in Desmond Ritter in Atlanta, and yes, even though Derek Carr is a, probably appears to be the best quarterback on paper, um the New Orleans Saints, you know, struggled last year at times and you know you were able to beat them you were able to win the division against them so I don't I don't think you can see to anybody um so I think it's too early just to think about selling a Mike Evans who would cost you more by the way with the acceleration of his salary uh cap number than it would just to keep him as a player I mean you take a bigger hit on the salary cap if you did trade him so I don't see that happening either all right, thanks for your questions. We'll have more tomorrow, and you guys can send those in anytime. You can uh, send them to us on Twitter, at SportsDayTV. 
You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. The Rays continue their series against the A's in Oakland. Some late night baseball with that. Um, and congratulations to the Las Vegas Knights. You are the NHL Stanley Cup champions in only your sixth season. Uh, former Lightning player Jonathan Marshall now has a has a uh, a ring, and so that'll be and former Lightning uh, prospect Brett Howden too is on that team. There you go. Yeah, a couple of those guys. Now, now so, we're assuming Florida didn't have a five goal comeback in the third because we are taping <laughs> okay. this at the end of yeah. two with Vegas leading six there's, to one. There's still a see. Wouldn't that be something? Hey, I'm really sorry about last night. Um, we ruled the Florida. Florida Panthers out of it. Um, it's possible. By the way, the, but, the know, long hey. nightmare for Vegas fans is over. Six seasons. That's right. <laughs> when are they going to win a Stanley Cup final? Meanwhile, meanwhile, the whole country of Canada hasn't won one in 30 years. So, Good point. They keep putting teams in the Sun Belt. Um, Las Vegas, though, as you've mentioned many times, you know, pretty much almost wire to wire in the Western Conference. I mean, they were the number one seed, so. Yeah, no, they're. I mean, yeah. they're a good team. I mean, that, they were them and the Avalanche were the two favorites out of the West. They yeah. made it out. Uh, obviously, the Panthers were the eight seed, the last team in in the East. So, yeah, uh, and Vegas kind of showed they were the better team in the series. But I mean, tremendous run by Florida. You went through Boston, oh. Toronto, and Carolina. I mean, it's almost sad. You know, it, it might have worn them out, but like they beat the best teams that they could possibly play mm-hmm. in the East, and and came from behind in a couple series to do it. So. Hell of a year for Florida, and they're knocking on the door, and all those cliches apply. But if you don't win it, it's tough. It's it's really tough. Meanwhile, we'll talk more about this uh, uh, down the road or tomorrow, but the USF Stadium financing has been approved, from what I understand, from Matt Baker in mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Times. 340 so mil. Yeah. If you got that change laying around. My my belief, and, and Matt had written a story about this, talking to some stadium experts and whatnot, Every stadium situation, and there's just been one or two that I've been a, a, around or reported on, particularly uh, tearing down the uh, you know the old sombrero for Raymond James. Two things happen: one, it's never the price you think it is; it's always more. And two, it, there's always <laughs> there's always hurdles, man. Mm-hmm. Like it, construction, um, you know, it's usually usually there's some delay. Uh, from what you anticipate, I don't. I hope that doesn't happen with USF. Um, it is a huge step that they have approved this expenditure, and um, it would be certainly great for their football program and in general for them to get it. But you can read all of that in the Tampa Times and on Tampa.com. Matt Baker, who may join us uh, in the next week or so. Hopefully, we'll have him uh, before long because we've got college football just around the corner, of course. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow for Steve Burson, Governor Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.